We did a little spring cleaning in our shop and we've launched a few new items you will want to check out. We have a few new shirt designs and introduced a brand new item, a water bottle to keep you hydrated while you're out drinking and farming in the warm weather. So go to drinkandfarm.com slash shop to check out all the new seasonal items waiting for you. It's a great way to get something nice for yourself while supporting our podcast. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. <laughs> it's like the signature sound of our podcast is back. <laughs> it is. I even got a beer out for the signature sound of the podcast. And boy, do I need this beer today. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of beer is it and where is it from? All right. So this is from Millersburg Brewing Company. And Millersburg is an Ohio brewery. And this is a honey hibiscus sour. And it is one of their like specialty kind of series, it looks like. It's called the Allegria. And it's got some pretty cool can art here. You can see it on the YouTube. Yeah, and it's a really pretty color, too. So, yeah. Oh, you just made me miss beer so much. I haven't <laughs> been drinking very much lately, but... I know. A beer felt appropriate for today. <laughs> Although, it, I mean, I say that, but not, like, subject-wise. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, the subject today is not alcohol related at all <laughs> nope so what are you drinking over there i am drinking out of our silly pints once again it's a little available in the shop but we are almost out of certain things that are related to this just fyi but i missed having multiple cups of coffee in a day so I got some K-cups that are decaf because one of the things I do like when I'm in the garden is an iced coffee. So I have an iced coffee with some whole milk in it and then also just a little bit of Rice Krispies creamer. That's what it's called. That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's it's def- it's funny because I've been like really backing away from like artificial sweeteners while I've been pregnant. And just trying to do less processed junk. Obviously, I mean, I'm pregnant. I have cravings. I'm going to have some processed junk. But this almost tastes fake to me now, which is really funny how your, you know, your taste buds kind of detox it. But when I mix it with milk, it makes it a little better. And it, it does taste like the Rice Krispies milk that is left over after you finish your cereal. So highly recommend that for anybody looking. Just cut it with some milk. Otherwise, I think it's... Personally, I think it's a little too much. But very refreshing. And uh, it's almost gone already. Because I started drinking it before we started recording. (laughs) I was like, there's like three sips left. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. It still counts. It still counts. Yeah, I have water here too. (laughs) So I have backup. (laughs) Our drink peep this episode is our friend Elizabeth Steves. And she is at Steel02 over on the Instagram. So... Cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. So we did touch on the garden thing 
when I was talking about my iced coffee habit in the garden. The reason why, I mean, you might, I don't know. You might need a beer if you're taking your kids into the garden. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so it might actually be appropriate. I am not a super patient person. I'm sure that having a child will kind of beat that into me a little bit <laughs> because it's going to have to. But one of the things I do want to start thinking about early is gardening with your kids or doing farm things with your kids. And Bev, I know you have some experience with helping the Girl Scouts get involved in the garden too. So today we're going to talk about some ideas for gardening with kids of all ages, starting from really small kids to maybe some bigger kids. And this is kind of in celebration of Mother's Day too. So we're going to discuss some ideas from an almanac.com article and then Bev, because you already have kids and have worked with the Girl Scouts, if you know you have any other fun ideas, I'm sure the listeners would appreciate those as well. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely gotten kids involved in the garden. I do have a confession. My kids do not spend as much time in the garden as I would like. But there are a couple of reasons why. One of them is that I have made a few mistakes in how I have set up my garden. So a lot of the stuff that I needed help with from the kids was weeding, which obviously like turned them off. Um, <laughs> right, because that's no fun. <laughs> no, that's no fun. Like I don't want to do it. So they don't want to do it either. And that feels like super obvious when you say it out loud. So uh, I would definitely recommend trying to make it fun. And we're going to give you some ideas on how to do that. And the other problem that I have here is that my daughter Aurora is terrified of bees. Like, oh gosh, yeah, absolutely terrified. And my garden is designed specifically to attract pollinators because that allows for a healthy garden. So like come that part of the season, she's just not into it, but I'm hoping that she'll grow out of that eventually. So I'm not totally giving up hope. <laughs> right. No, I totally get that. I mean, I think I'm still even a little afraid of bees sometimes and have to fight that urge to scream and run away. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> so I totally get it. Um, I think I came a long way personally last year because I did think it was quite adorable having cute little bees in the pumpkin flowers. Sometimes there's a couple in there cozied up. So it, and then once you understand pollinators a little better, I think that helps too. So yeah, it totally does. <laughs> well, one of the ways that you can get your kids involved in the garden that can be bee free if bees <laughs> is what your kids are hesitant about hanging out in the garden is starting seeds because you can start those indoors in your basement in the greenhouse if you've got one it doesn't have to be an outside activity and the bigger the seeds the easier it is <laughs> for yes. kids to be able to plant them so some suggested varieties are peas any kind of beans, sunflowers, squash seeds, and nasturtiums, which are my spirit flower. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and these seeds actually will germinate and grow pretty quickly, which makes them more interesting for kids. I would add corn to that list as one of the seeds. 
And also something else you can do for seed starting is you can actually have kids make seed tape instead of having them use the big seeds. So the way that I do it is I use toilet paper and I just roll out toilet paper and then I make a paste out of just a little bit of flour and water and a paintbrush. Oh, smart. And they can paint, you know, like whatever designs they want to, but usually just have them do dots, you know, certain spacing. I actually don't worry about it with kids all that much. They can be as close as they want because we can thin later. But if you want to actually teach them how to garden properly, you can give them a ruler and they can space their dots out and whatnot. Um, And then they can just put a little pinch of seeds on it. Because when you're starting seeds, you don't usually do one anyways of those little tiny ones. You usually do a little bit. So that allows them to just like grab a little pinch full of the seeds and kind of sprinkle it on the spot where they put the flour and water mixture to stick. And then, you know, when it's dry, you know, they pick it up and the extras fall off and then whatever's stuck there to the paste is there. And they can actually just roll that straight out in the garden and bury it in the dirt, just barely, because usually those seeds don't need to be buried deep. And they planted their garden all by themselves (laughs) and didn't spill a whole bag of lettuce seeds. Oh, gosh. I mean, I did that last year and I had it growing in my paths, but I just... I ate it, so it was fine. Yeah, that's what I did, too. (laughs) Yeah, I think another good seed idea, too, is one that I tried this year to start, and that's loofah seed. Mm -hmm. Last year, I didn't realize if you're in our zone, it's probably better for you to start those ones because they do take a long time to grow. So I started some this year. And it's like I opened my closet and I was like, holy crap, because my seeds are in a closet with grow lights. Um, Because I have not leveled up to a greenhouse yet. And I'm amazed and in awe of them as an adult. So that's another fast growing one too. That would be fun. I think because that is like a finished product too that they can end up using. Because they make, I mean, it grows into a butt scrubber. And what kid doesn't need their butt scrubbed? Uh, All of them needed extra, extra. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Tons of loofah is on my list this year for the garden because I'm going to put it in soap because now I'm a soap empire owner. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) And you can also kind of turn this into an opportunity for education for your kids uh, if you wanted to, besides just, you know, how to grow food and plant seeds. You can do some different science experiments where you like measure and track your plant growth under different light and watering conditions. You can put them in different windows in your house and see which ones do better. You know, make a little science experiment out of it. Or you can put some like in a window and some under a grow light and see how they do and when you're doing a science experiment like this not all of the plants will make it into your garden but that's okay it's not necessarily about that it's about learning you know what conditions plants can thrive under and I mean honestly as an adult like it might be a good experiment to just do because then it helps reinforce why you do certain things when you see the difference in your plants like real time (laughs) yeah And even as an adult with seed starting, it's trial and error for me too. So it's, I think it's cool to show your kids too, whether it's your actual kids, your stepkids, your grandkids, kids, your, maybe you got a big brother, big sister type program thing. You're a Girl Scout troop leader. Yeah. (laughs) It's good for them to see that you're learning too and your reaction when it doesn't go so well. Because I think it's important for them to know that we don't know everything all the time either. 
It's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Another thing you can think about is creating a small garden. This ensures a successful gardening experience with your child because you're going to start small. <laughs> you can do the same thing as an adult, too. Don't feel like you need to go go big or go home with gardening, even though I think we both kind of did. Yeah, yeah, we did. But you can start small with a kid, maybe even give them their own space. So you can do like a sandbox size plot or, and give them their own set of sturdy child size tools and expect them to get wet and dirty. This is not going to be a clean activity <laughs> for anybody involved. So set your expectations that it's going to be messy. Yeah, for sure yeah (laughs) make sure you keep it small and you can also use like a small raised bed so if you have one of those already or if the kid's a little older maybe it'd be fun to build one together you could also use kitty swimming pool and drill holes into it for drainage I did that for a couple things last year and that went really well You can also do fun things like let them outline borders of the garden with rocks to make paths. You can use stepping stones or mulch and you can have them create plant tags using pictures for non-readers or you can have them write it down if they are learning how to write. Yeah. Both fun. Mm -hmm. And you might not want to let them use a hose. (laughs) That's true. So it might be a good idea to get like a cute little watering can Or depending on what you're starting with, maybe even just like a spray bottle. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Otherwise, the host might get turned on you. (laughs) Well, and they also might do some damage to plants inadvertently with the hose. When I taught the Girl Scouts how to garden, all of them had their own watering can with their name on it. And they had to go run to the far bib to go fill the hose up. That also made them take more time. Like... In between, like, going to the bed. I did that intentionally. There was a closer hose bib, but I made them go to that one. (laughs) And burn off some energy, too. Burn off some energy, space them out so they weren't all dumping water, like, at the same exact time in the same exact spot. Yeah. Smart. Yep. Good strategy. Yeah, it was. It was a really good strategy. And I actually have one of the Vago Gardening kids-sized beds. And it is the perfect size for kids to garden in. I'm using it as an herb garden for like soap additives. That's what I'm going to do with it because I just needed a small place to put things that I wanted to experiment with in soap specifically so that I didn't forget about them or let them get like taken over in the jungle that is my big garden. And it's it's the perfect height for them. It's the perfect width so that they can reach everything easily from all of the sides. And also like because it's tall, uh, the regular one, I got the... I got the shorter ones. They're 17 inches tall, but they're the right height for small kids to go and work in because when you're on the ground and like reaching over and bending stuff, like when a kid's back hurts or they're feeling uncomfortable, like they're totally going to lose interest. I mean, and same with if they have to weed all the time, they're going to lose interest. Like, and I I know that from firsthand experience. (laughs) Right. I mean, I lose interest too. You should see my in the ground bed right now. I, pulled a bunch of strawberry plants out of there and transplanted them into hanging baskets. Oh, you did the same thing I did this weekend. I I didn't put mine in hanging baskets, but I just went to town with my weed eater and some 
cloth, some weed cloth <laughs> in my strawberry patch because I just couldn't take it anymore. We're just going to till it and then I'm probably going to do some zucchini plants in that area because the weeds are a little easier to keep under control <laughs> that way. <laughs> so yeah, if you don't have like a kiddie pool that you want to use or a nicer raised bed that you want to make or use, Greenstock also has a three tier that may be a good kid side depending on how old your kiddo is but I'm all about those I just bought two more oh nice <laughs> I had their mother's day sale and it was like $50 off and I'm like yes please <laughs> so you have those ideas or you could just use regular containers and just start really small but also just remember too that you want to try to keep it organic if you can because kids and chemicals probably don't mix so well <laughs> oh like oh you mean like don't have them like put on the yes yeah. you know the seven dust or whatever you might need to use yeah if you do have to do that that's totally fine just maybe do that yourself yeah don't have the kids <laughs> do that yeah that totally makes sense <laughs> yeah because uh, when you're using those things you want to make sure that you're using the right dose and applying it properly into the proper plants and that's not really a kid-friendly activity. No. Not for smaller kids anyways. If you've got teenagers, you can probably teach them how to do it. But Yeah. They can, like, level up as they learn each summer. Yeah. And uh, if you're planting directly in the garden and not doing transplants or seed starting, the same rule kind of applies for what you want to have them plant in the garden because the larger seeded, fast-growing plants are going to be easier for them to handle and also keep their interests better. So pole beans, sunflowers, radishes, there's a kind of a smaller seed, but you can make that seed tape thing that we talked about earlier out of the radishes. Corn, morning glories is another one, but I have a confession. I actually don't recommend planting morning glories in your vegetable garden. They're gorgeous. I love them. But wherever you've planted morning glories, you will have morning glories everywhere. <laughs> you did not plant morning glories. And then you will be pulling morning glory plants forevermore every year, no matter what you do. I have not been able to eradicate the morning glories in my yard. <laughs> yeah, maybe a better recommendation would be some kind of bulb. So like uh, gladiolas or if you're going to do like a fall planting like tulips or something that's like really easy and big to plant if you're going to go the flower out. But those suckers, depending on what you plant there, will come back. But some of them are less invasive than others. Like tulips are not invasive. Yeah, it's, no, they, I mean, they do like multiply eventually, but not in a bad way. But not at that speed. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're looking for something that vines, because I mean, the morning glory is over in our a garden. Like it's, Stunning. I recommend the hyacinth bean seeds. It looks like a bean. And in fact, the pods look like bean pods also when you're, you know, harvesting them and saving them for next year. But they climb really nicely and they put out these beautiful purple flower stalks that are like really long and sturdy. You can use them in arrangements and stuff if you want to. And they don't spread quite like morning glories. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. That could be a if if you have a space where you can vertical garden too, cucumbers and pumpkins would also be a good option. Oh yeah, those will look pretty too. Like smaller ones, you know, maybe as you're growing with your kiddo in the garden, 
that might be a month fun one because that's when I'm gonna do this year too. I'm gonna do my loofahs vertical too. Oh yeah. Yes. Lots of verticals. <laughs> my husband has a lot of projects. <laughs> I got two mini versions of squash seeds this year. One is the Jack B. Little mini pumpkins. I had those last year, but I just grew them on the ground. I'm gonna try to vertically grow those. And also mini butternut squashes. I forgot what they're called, but they're like little baby sizes of butternut squashes. So that those would be neat. (laughs) And, you know, something else you can do with kids is you can let them decide what they want to grow. I mean, like, what do they like to eat or what are they adventurous enough to try? You know, every kid is different when it comes to what they like, what they don't like, the textures they like in their mouth, like... You know, there's no one size fits all when it comes to gardening with kids. But if you let them pick what they want based on what the plants look like or what they like to eat, they will be more likely to actually, you know, try and enjoy (laughs) what you guys harvest together. And they'll be excited for the harvest, too. They'll be checking it with you to see if it's ready. But, you know, like if your kid hates spinach and broccoli and all you plant is spinach and broccoli, like (laughs) then you're in trouble. They're out. They they are not interested. (laughs) Yeah. Jelly melons might be a fun one. Or cucamelons. Those are tinier seeds. But once they take off, they're really prolific and fun to watch they're fun to open yes that may be a fun one to show your kids a picture of and take us a crack at yeah my kids really love like the plum radishes and the and the watermelon radishes but they only like to look at them they ate one and (laughs) were not happy with me (laughs) (laughs) but hey at least they tried it Mm mm-hmm my kids are pretty adventurous. They beg for me to make pad thai for dinner, so. <laughs> oh, that sounds good right now. <laughs> we are so excited that Grubbly Farms has launched their first non-poultry product, Vroomies. And when we say we are excited, we mean that our drink and farm pup producers are also excited. You can treat your pup to a delicious snack rich in antioxidants for healthy joints and hips Vroomy soft chews are baked in the USA with all natural ingredients that dogs love, like sweet potato and pumpkin. Unlike traditional dog treats, Grubbly Farms has blended farm-fresh vegetables with sustainable grub protein to provide your pups with clean fuel that's hypoallergenic, highly digestible, and packed with 35% more protein than a prime rib steak. Your dogs will come running for Vroomies. Go to grublyfarms.com to check out Vroomies. And make sure you use code DRINKINFARM25 to get 25% off your first order. All right, so let's talk about some ideas for garden projects for older kids. Maybe this you're a couple years in and your kids have shown some interest or they're teenagers and you know they can handle a little more complex projects so you could think of fun things like a theme garden like a pizza garden or a salsa garden or one with rainbow colored vegetables Ah, those sound really fun to me yeah a salsa (laughs) garden yeah last year I didn't realize that (laughs) When I was reading, like, the canning recipes that all the same things had to be ready at the same time. (laughs) Yes, that's the hardest part about those garlic. Like, I'm sorry, your garlic and your tomatoes are not done at the same time. But your garlic will store long enough. 
to wait for the tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Or you might just have to buy down, like break down and buy some store-bought things or buy from a friend. It kind of crushed my expectations, but my peppers and my tomatoes should be done around the same time. So I have most of it covered this year. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Onions too. Don't forget salsa needs onions and cilantro. If it's good, salsa, it has cilantro in it. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, good. Some people think cilantro tastes like soap. It's a genetic thing. I do not have that. My mom has it. Thank God I didn't get it from her. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully your kids don't have it either if you enjoy cilantro. I do. I love it. (sighs) So picky eaters might sometimes try a new vegetable if they have grown it themselves, like Bev's kids and those radishes we were just talking about. doesn't mean they'll like them, but it's always good for them to try them. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing you can do is have them in charge of reading the instructions on the seed packets and kind of talk through with them how deep the seeds need to be, when you can plant them, how far apart to plant them. The more kind of you get their brains working on it, the more committed they are likely to be. Or they might just be like, this sucks, I'm leaving. (laughs) Either way, I think talking it through with them at least will help it make like make it stick a little more instead of just telling them what to do once they're at an age to kind of, you know, really start processing that stuff. For sure. (laughs) And don't worry about being a garden perfectionist. Gardens are learn as you go. So trial and error is a big thing when it comes to gardening. And experience is the best teacher Mm when it comes to gardening. I mean, you can listen to this podcast and all the other gardening podcasts out there all day long. And everything that works for us here might not work for you in your zone. It's hands-on experience. And, And if I'm being totally honest, I feel like those lessons are the ones that sink in the deepest and last the longest anyhow. You can say that you do something one way just because someone told you to for forever, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything to you until you've experienced what was on the other side. Right. You know? (laughs) Yes. No, you're so right. The nice thing too, though, is with your kid learning, if you've already been gardening for a couple of years, you can be that person that they can ask the questions to and you can teach them. Just like when I had a weird bug in my garden last year, I texted it to Bev and I was like, what is this? And she was able to help. You're able to do that for your kid that is in the garden with you um, without having to use your cell phone. So (laughs) that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they'll think that you're like the smartest person on the planet. Yeah, enjoy that while you can. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't think my kids think I'm the smartest person on the planet at all anymore right now. But I'm okay with that. We all went through that phase, I'm sure. Yeah. But since you know that you have to learn your garden lessons that way, let your kids learn some lessons that way, too. Sometimes they'll ask and you'll tell them and they won't listen. And that's okay. It feels hard to let them do that because you're like, I'm the adult. Why didn't you follow my instructions? But when they don't get to harvest that thing that they wanted to harvest, they'll go back to doing it the way that you told them to. (laughs) Right. That's why I think when it comes the time that I'm going to do this sort of thing, it's going to be in its own dedicated area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as a self-proclaimed control freak... (laughs) I need to have a space that I don't feel like I need to control. And that won't impact our own food supply that we're trying to create. 
So yeah, that's totally fair. If you have that personality to maybe think through that and how for you not to get frustrated, because if you get frustrated and worked up in front of your kid they're that's probably going to kill it for them too. Yeah. It just, it takes all the fun out of it. <laughs> exactly. And you won't be having fun either. Yeah. That's right. Another thing is if your kiddo is responsible for watering and weeding, they will soon learn that a neglected garden doesn't produce much. But if they harvest a really awesome crop, they will be really proud of their achievements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they'll see me uh, do some weed, <laughs> have some weedy garden beds sometimes and maybe learn that indirectly, too. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there are a lot of fun things in the garden that you can share with kids. Like you can point out and identify bugs, explaining which ones are good guys and which ones are the bad guys. You can let them personalize their pumpkins by scratching their names on the skin of the young fruits and then watching their names grow as the pumpkins mature. Don't do that for pumpkins. You're going to store like really long term. They have to, those are pumpkins. Those are the pumpkins got to use first. <laughs> or just put out for decor. <laughs> Yeah, or just put out for decor. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you've got an artist, they can use a toothpick and sketch flowers or, you know, their heart's desire on them and watch it grow. And that might be kind of a cool thing. And, you know, like tall sunflowers are amazing. Like, who doesn't love to see mammoth sunflowers? Like, I mean, it was one of my favorite things to grow last year. Me too. I told I told my husband today that I wanted him to till up a whole field and plant, plant and let me plant a sunflower field. And he just looked at me like, and I was like, please. It's for the bees. <laughs> and for me. And for you, yes. <laughs> you can also do some other activities like building bat and bird houses, making a sundial. You can assemble a weather station and use it to keep track of the weather in your backyard. You can also do things like start a compost pile, tap maple trees, which I think would be super fun. Never done it myself, but it would be cool to make your own maple syrup. Yeah, and don't forget, you could always just default to making mud pies, too. Little kids will love that. Yeah. Find some worms, play with the worms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are just so many ways you can get your kids involved in the garden. But don't feel overwhelmed or like they have to do all of the things that you do. You can share your enthusiasm, but give them a piece of it that they'll truly enjoy based on their personality and what they like. Because if you make them do everything, it can feel like it can feel like a chore. And kids don't like chores. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't either, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, th- listen, the minute someone tells me I have to do something, that's when all the <laughs> oppositional defiance disorder comes out and I don't do it. Or I just plot your death in my head. Right. Right. You know, I mean, that's just how things go. But honestly, like, I think, too, this is a really good place where you can kind of teach, like, you get what you put into it. You get out of it what you put into it. And maybe it is like they have a separate area. They start off strong with it. And then it goes kind of goes to crap. They're going to learn a lesson that way. And maybe they won't care. Or maybe they want to try again next year. Or in the fall. I mean, yeah. Or maybe your kids only want to plant pretty things like flowers. Or, you know, I mean, that's totally acceptable too. It doesn't have to have tangible purpose in order for it to be good. You can plant for joy 
in your garden and they do it all the time now. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, we hope that these tips help you get to garden with your kids and have a good time with it. I'm going to take some of the advice this year and see if I can't get my kids involved again. I think the retarping that I'm doing everywhere with the weed cloth is going to make a big difference on getting some help out there. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I know this is a side note, but I think a lot of people might want to use this or know this. What are you using for? Oh, okay. So uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's the DeWitt Pro 5 weed cloth. It's like one of the best weed cloths you can possibly get. It is not cheap. But the trade-off. <laughs> the trade-off. In fact, I'm I'm actually going to, I are, I have a section of the garden that does have really good weed cloth on it, but it's not good enough. I'm re-weed clothing it and re-burning holes. I bought two cans of propane to re-burn all my holes. I'm basically doing a whole redesign on anything that's in the ground because I've just had too many problems with weeds and the weeds are taking me away from being able to be creative in the garden and also really feel like I can enjoy it because I do want to produce a lot of food in my garden. I want to do more feeding of the community. I want to get to use it in my soap, but in order to do that, I have to be willing to put in the effort up front to give me that freedom and that space. And that means that I'm not going to have as much in the budget for other things for the garden this year that I'd like to do. Like I really want to build a fence. I want to build an arbor. I want more beautiful arch trellises, but those will wait. I'll use the budget for weed cloth and I'll spend my extra days digging paths back up and it's going to be worth it in the long run. After tarping that one section over the weekend, I was just like, I haven't felt so light out here in the garden in a really long time. Like I didn't really see it start this year because I just, every time I looked outside, I was like, my back's going to hurt for six months straight and I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to have a big old belly and not want to be bending over and that sort of thing. And like my paths last year, I mean, the grass went right through that and the mulch in certain areas. So I'm like, I'm not doing this again so yeah I'll have to look into that myself so that was kind of selfish <laughs> ask to know what you're using because I was looking at weed cloths at the garden center the other day and I'm like I don't I don't know what's going to be worth my time <laughs> yeah so it needs to be the plastic weed cloth like the the woven plastic weed cloth it, it's hard because like that's something that's like a forever item, but uh, like environmentally, but Simple Goodness Sisters, I, I don't know what kind they use, but it looks similar to what I just bought. They peel it up every year and then put it back down. Really? Yeah. They reuse their cloth over and over and over again. Yeah. Because like during the winter where they live, probably they don't get as many weeds, but they like, you know, when you, when you remove it, you can add all your amendments and then put it back. Oh yeah. But the, the uh, amendments and things will seep through these, but like you wouldn't want to throw compost on top of it. You want the compost to go under it. So yeah. So you want to like stake it in a way that you can peel it back to put stuff under it and whatnot. And it's, yeah, it's the plastic on the top and then it's like a felt on the underside, like a fuzzy felt. Yeah, it's super thick. Like I didn't even put cardboard down over that area that I trimmed and just went to town on because I was like, you know what? 
this stuff's going to kill anything under it. The heat from the sun <laughs> yeah, and the this. thickness and the darkness, like it's all, it's all going to go. Die. <laughs> all of it will die. <laughs> and she says that with a smile on her face, folks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, was, I felt so good. Like as soon as I did it, I looked over at the other part and was like, we do that area next. And Jerry looked at me and he's like, Another day. <laughs> like, okay. He's like raining you in a little bit. Yeah, I was I was ready to grab the tractor out and start digging the pads out. I was like, get out. <laughs> Everything can go. Get it done. <laughs> it's a fire sale in my garden. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we hope that helps you personally. With that last little tidbit, thank you for indulging me. You're welcome. Anytime. And get the kiddos in the garden, too. But anyways, as we're wrapping up, this is just your friendly reminder to leave us a review. If you haven't already, you can do that over on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have an Apple product, you can download iTunes to your laptop if you have one of those. If you don't want to do that, you can also call and leave us a voicemail. And that is going to allow you to enter a review vocally and we will play those if we get them so what we do is we take all of the reviews that you leave us for the month and draw a name out of the hat and that person will win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and never will be in the shop and we do not have a review this week so chances for me are looking pretty good so go leave us a review if you haven't yep for sure And if you would, go ahead and post your can't evens in our Facebook group, or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We'll read those in our mini-sodes, have a lot of fun with them, post pictures of them up on the YouTube or little video clips from your can't evens. They can be fun. They can be anger-inducing, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Keep them semi-farm related, maybe. Yeah, we try. We try. And we'll also read your farm stories in our mini-sodes as well. So you can send those too. Make sure you look at today's show notes. You're going to find links to the article we discussed and some of the products we discussed as well. There's also a link to a survey to tell us how we're doing anonymously and all of our social media in our merch shop. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. And happy Mother's Day to all you farm moms out there. Farm moms of furry kids (laughs) and less furry kids. (laughs) Clean kids and dirty, muddy kids and all the kids. Yeah, they're all they're all a little furry, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little smolly. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) It's all good. It is. It's good. So until next time, drink, farm, and and give zero clucks. (laughs) I know. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm.